You are listening to Something Rather Than Nothing. Creator and host, Ken Vellante. Editor and producer, Peter Bauer. Hello, this is Ken Vellante, host of Something Rather Than Nothing podcast. And this week we have a podcast with Jack Kent, a sketch artist, artist, uh, cartoonist, uh, known recently, you know, for his uh, sketchy people um, collections in individual uh, sketchy people drawings, which capture the um, fascinating, mostly the fascinating and interesting visuals uh, you can find in Portland, Oregon, and other places. Uh, I think it's pretty universal. Um, but a really great uh, conversation uh, with him about that and about music. Uh, he has a lot of uh, revealing things to say, and uh, we actually talk a little bit of Twin Peaks. And the show episode practically starts with um, an exploding penis story, a true story, a shocking story. And I'd have to say that uh, it, it's, it, it remains sketchy, really, really the sketchiest uh, podcast of this series so far. Uh, without further ado, um, Jack Kent. Uh, uh, zine and comic show in Portland uh, this summer where I met uh, Veronica Casson uh, and I knew Ethan Slayton who was there as well so Jack you're like it comes in threes you're 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 the third you're the third one from that uh, from that convention hey man I love it it's uh, you know like three dog night you know <laughs> three amigos you know, all the good stuff, all the good trios, you know, Rush, that's a kick-ass band with three members. So, you know, we'll keep it going. So I'm super stoked to be here. Thank you so much for having me on, Ken, and uh, can't wait to talk more and see what you got. Yeah, and I like, I, you know, I, I, I like, um, I, I, I love um, sketchy people. I love the sketchy drawings. But, you know, you mentioned Three Dog Night. Why don't we start off, you know the sketchy story about the lead singer of Three Dog Night? Um, remind me again, uh, I know it's something interesting, but, uh, uh, you know, I've got so much feedback through the ears over the years and, uh, you know, I'm going to need a refresher on, on the good old three dog night. The, the lead singer for three dog night was having so much sex that his penis split in half. That sounds like something out of Hellraiser. And, uh, I'm actually very frightened by that. Yeah. And it was, he was repaired and everything, but, um, so I mean, you have, I mean, we're, 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 we're talking sketchy stories, sketching people, <laughs> sketchy people, right? So, I mean, once you mentioned Three Dog Night, I'm like, I don't know to, I don't know if I'd have an opportunity to drop that into the podcast. Yeah, it's really interesting. I mean, with that type of story from the lead singer, I wonder where, you know, you know, one is the loneliest number. I mean, you know, that's, that's, a, <laughs> that's a very weird mathematical equation, having so much sex in a band called Three Dog Night. And then one of your biggest hits is, uh, you know, one and, uh, yeah, that's, you know, sometimes uh, sketchy stories take a sketchy ride, and that sounds like one of them. Uh, that being that there's a lot of sketchiness of, uh, involved with them. But, of course, you're, the name of your series, uh, Sketchy People, um, which uh, it, which um, when I met you, I was looking through it, and I, and I, just, uh, I, just, I just love. And um, I, in, in general, I was just wondering if you could describe 
just like what you're doing with the series, why you said, hey, I got to start this up and just, you know, the pro- I call it a project. I don't know if you do, but like, you know, how did you start the project? Yeah, it's a uh, it's a project that landed in my lab by accident. I was on uh, the Max train and uh, there was a gentleman on the train and, uh, you know, he was just kind of being sketchy and talking weird and playing a video game. And, uh, you know, what he said was just something I had to, I had to jot down. It was such a weird moment. And then, um, you know, I, I got that drawing out and then, uh, you know, all of a sudden I kind of saw somebody else and I had to draw them. And then, you know, I got about a stack of five or 10 drawings. And then I realized, I think this is a series. I think this is a project. And then the more I, I, I people watch and the more I draw them, uh, you know, my, my little radar comes up and my, my sketchy radar is out there and I'm looking around corners and, uh, you know, I'm listening to conversations and just seeing if I can hear anything kind of obtuse and out of the ordinary and then uh, sketch it out and share it with y'all. And, and of course, it, the, the sketch sketches that you do and, and what you capture, is, is that been mostly in Portland, Oregon? Yeah, it's primarily in Portland. Uh, I also travel quite a bit, and you know, Sketchy has no boundaries; it's got no borders. So uh, I was <laughs> down in Grand Cayman recently and saw some down there. Uh, been to New York and saw some over there, and went down to Joshua Tree this this earlier on this year and saw some down there. So, you know, it's uh, you know, even my family was I've sketched my family members. You know, nobody's safe. That's why the tagline is "You could be next." So, you know, if you're out there, I, I might find you. Yeah, I I saw that initially, and uh, it gave me pause to approach you because I wasn't quite sure. <laughs> but uh, I, um, I I realized in thinking about uh, sketchy people that I did stay in a job for quite some time um, that I enjoyed, and one of the reasons why I enjoyed it, I worked about five or six uh, years in the grocery store, um, and the grocery store, at least where I worked, and what you would see in a grocery store is just I found it to be unparalleled uh, sketchiness. And let me add this one. I worked third shift as well, so which was a 24-hour store. So 3 a.m. in the morning, you sure. know, in the, in the donut run at 3.30 a.m. Uh, Absolutely. There was, a, there, was a lot, there was a lot to see. Yeah, you got, um, you know, you got like, you know, clean, uh, sketchy on aisle four. You know, you got... They're all over, you know, I mean, and that's another great thing about this this comic is like the the time of day totally plays a line or plays a theme in uh, what denotes and what dubs something sketchy. So, yeah, like you're saying about the grocery store late at night, it's like, what are you doing here so late at night? And, um, you know, people are, are everywhere at all times. I, um, I, I, I would identify, uh, you know, with when I was working in the store and. I realized that um, at one point my coworkers had pulled off uh, something where I was definitely identified as the sketchy worker in the store. And <laughs> it, there was probably three or four of them were stocking shelves like I was. And the incredible part of it was that they had alternately told stories about me that were untrue to shoppers throughout the night. And they would also ask these shoppers to approach me. And, um, and, and they built up such a thing. So I had an, a night of interactions where everybody who came up to me looked very frightened and, and scared. And, and finally I said, you know, what, what, what the hell's going on? And I mentioned it and they, they had been telling stories about me all night. So, uh, 
and they're basically egging folks on just to go up and talk to me. So, so they were they were like they were totally hazing you. <laughs> that's exactly what it is. That's what you do at third shift in the. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, the, I worked for uh, free to lay on on midnight shifts and overnight shifts, and yeah, I mean you you got to find something to do to kind of like mess with each other. That's exactly what it was. Hey, um, what's the have you ever seen things sketchy enough that you didn't draw them? They were so sketchy. Yeah, there's a couple things um, that I've seen and uh, that I haven't drawn before. Totally. Um, there was most recently, uh, you know, there's a there's a kid at at a comic show, and he wanted to be a sketchy person. He kind of almost demanded it. And I told him kind of how it works. You know, it's like, well, it's it's something that you kind of have to be, you know, acting. Quote, you know, quote unquote, your normal self, you can't just be like, hey, I want to be a sketchy person and draw me. It kind of doesn't work that way. But the dialogue he said, I mean, this kid's probably 12 years old. And, um, you know, what he said was something uh, I was like, you know, uh, I can't. It became sketchy, it became too sketchy. It was like he just went this kid just went from zero to 100 in, in a tenth of a second. And I was like, wow. Um, so that was an instance where I, I couldn't draw that. Um, but, yeah, you went, uh, went three dog night on you. You know, yeah, yeah, he he did, and and, uh, and I had to, I had to decline, I had to cl- decline drawing it. <laughs> <laughs> and was there another instance where it's kind of just like the type of thing you're like, oh, there's just too much. Yeah, I usually, I mean, it's more of um, uh, like a humanity thing and a morality thing that you know I've seen a lot of people, um, you know, like I, I was just down in Salem, Salem, Oregon today, and I was driving, and there's this guy. And he had like three shopping carts stacked up. And my main question is that I ask myself is, do this, does this person want to be doing what they're doing? And if I can sit there and kind of look at him and go, I highly doubt this guy wants to be pushing three carts the way he's doing it. And uh, those yeah. are usually my, my guidelines of, you know, I'm not going to draw somebody that's, uh, that's, you know, what that might be struggling or that is they're not in, in quote unquote total control of their uh their environment and what they're doing. So those are the ones that I'll, you know, a lot of people will go, Oh, have you seen this like homeless guy? And he's da 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 da. And I'm like, you know, I've seen him, but and he probably doesn't want to be doing that. Or she doesn't want to be, you know, over there doing that. And uh, those sure. are the ones I usually, I won't draw. But of course, if you're only seeing somebody, uh, you know, if they're acting weird, you can't, you don't know if, you know, what might be going on. So it's, it's kind of a fine line for me to pick out who I draw yeah yeah and so about about the process right so you you see uh you know you see somebody you want to capture it and um and do you uh, do you like how do you how do you go about that i mean do you kind of like get into a position where you can like not be seen and seeing that you're drawing them or like how do you how do you end up capturing you know what you want to capture about what you see Excellent question. Um, this is one that gets asked probably the most. And so I'll start with the three criterias to become a sketchy person in my comic. And that is, it could be what you're doing, it could be what you're saying, or it could be what you're wearing, or a combination of any of those. So usually if it's what you're saying, I can remember that quote. And I'm going to be drawing that sketchy person, not so much what they look like, but I'm going to capture the mood and put their dialogue in the comic. If it's something that they're doing, usually I can remember what it was that they're doing, and I can do a drawing that captures what they were doing. 
the hardest ones is what somebody's wearing because that's going to be usually high detail and that's going to take more time. I can't really just sit down and start drawing somebody. So if I can, I will ask them if I can just photo them and say, hey, I do a comic. It's about people watching and I love your look. And uh, everybody's been super respect or responsive and uh, been happy about it. So um, those are kind of the criteria and the steps that go about creating a sketchy person. Oh, thanks for that. I was, yeah, I was, I could see how that question come up, um, uh, given the unique nature of what you do. And, uh, yeah, I was really interested in figuring out how you, um, pulled that together. So, uh, uh, Jack, when we first met, I think we both have Twin Peaks tattoos, Owl Cave tattoos. Is that yeah, right? yeah. 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 We met yeah. at the, the, the show over the summer in June. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, Twin Peaks fans um, are. I mean, you 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 know them, and you know how they can how they can be. And you know, I'm an I'm from the East Coast originally, and um, you know, when I first started watching Twin Peaks, it was very other, or even more so, uh, more otherworldly for me, um, because it was a very different topography and land and place, and you know, I've always been drawn to the Pacific, um, to the Pacific Northwest. And there are elements of the show, in my opinion, that where Twin Peaks is just Twin Peaks, you know, parts of it is, is surreal and it can appear any, anywhere, but there are parts that are feel for me to be very steeped in, in the region. Um, now given, you know, given your love of Twin Peaks as well, do you end up ever seeing anything that, seems inspired by Twin Peaks or anything that just harkens to that in your mind when you see it uh, in town? Yeah, I think, um, you know, Twin Peaks is all about kind of uh, having a vision that can see um, other sides of things. It, it really broadens your uh, reception of things. And, um, you know, being able to to watch people the way I do for this comic, you know, the, to take what one would seem mundane and ordinary, the minutia of life, you know, you could be sitting on a park bench bored out of your mind, but you know, I always have something to do and that is watching. And so, um, you know, knowing that kind of that, you know, dual, uh, vision of, kind of the Twin Peaks show, um, it definitely has a correlation to what I do. And, um, you know, it's, it's about, uh, it's about people and it's about, um, every walk of life, uh, in that show and the, the, the duality of everybody, you know, we all have, um, demons to fight. We all have challenges to face. We all triumph in jubilation. We all go through strife. So, you know, that's, easily a correlation with that show and i feel that that's a pretty easy thing for this comic to totally drive into because it's about public it's about every walk of life you know i draw everybody yeah and that does a quite quite an incredible um yeah description i within twin peaks i found that yeah there is this otherworldly component of it but there's a mundane a super mundane aspect of it where people in all their uniqueness um where i think lynch kind of places the lens on activities in an amount of time almost like you're not supposed to i think in season three 
there's a scene where somebody's sweeping the floor in the credits and he doesn't lift up the camera for three, four minutes. And for me, knowing Lynch's uh, interest in meditation and, and Buddhism and just kind of like these very super mundane moments and he doesn't uh, avert his eye. And there's something you said about, you know, watching or looking where, you know, if you keep looking, you might see something else rather than, you know, one and a half seconds and let me look the other way. So there's a observational component, um, uh, you know, that I'm, that I believe you, you engage it. Does it feel a little bit like cinema, your process? Oh, absolutely. Um, it is a, uh, trying to capture that shot. And, um, you know, if I see somebody that I'm, that is walking or, or doing something, all of a sudden, you know, your, your mind's eye or not your mind's eye, excuse me, your, your vision, your actual vision, uh, you know, becomes the camera and you're looking and I'll be recording and observing and just kind of like, okay, this person's doing this. And I'm kind of almost in my mind trying to, as weird as it sounds, but telepathically, uh, like direct them. I'm like, come on, do something. Like, I know you got it in you to do something like you've got this and and I'll watch somebody that I might think, uh, might do something magical. And uh, that's, that's what I like about this project is that a lot of people think that, Oh gosh, it's, you know, you're just drawing like crazy people. It's like, no, I'm, I'm drawing people that can juggle. I'm drawing people that are, are doing amazing things. And sometimes I have to watch for that. You have to watch for it and you have to have to see it. And it's, it's, it's a different way of, uh, a different way of looking. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Jack, what were you like as, uh, as, as a, as a young child? Did you, you know, were you born with the, you know, sketchbook in hand or what were you like? Uh, uh, luckily my mother is a fantastic artist. She's a fine artist, a painter, a doll maker. And when I mean doll maker, it's, it's very dark, uh, bones and driftwood, you know, growing up on the Oregon coast, we used, uh, just a lot of things that were around us. So, uh, started drawing at an early age because she was always creating, and uh, that was a great first step into uh, art creation and comics. Uh, she would bring home uh, Far Side books, uh, and my friends would have, you know, we'd do Calvin and Hobbes, and then you'd have uh, a weird stuff like Edward Gorey and uh, Reed Fleming, the world's most toughest milkman, and all these kind of like alternative comics at a very young age. And that really started to uh, seep into what I wanted to do. And, you know, that was probably uh, my background as a kid uh, and drawing quick uh, with, you know, right off, right out of the gate. And luckily I was around a lot of friends who like to draw and create. So we'd egg each other on and, and we'd create our little comics and we'd share our comics with each other. And, and that was really fun, uh, you know, formative years of getting, uh, you know, getting your, your feet wet in, in some comics. Uh, you mentioned, uh, far side, which was just phenomenal. There's a lot of thought and philosophy in the far and far side and, uh, and language I noticed, uh, over time. Had you heard that, um, it may be coming back in 2020. Yeah. Yeah. I saw, um, Gary's post about, uh, the guy thawing out the, the glacier with all the characters. Yeah. And I am just, I am so stoked. I'm so ready for that to happen. So, I hope I hope he's doing it for the right reasons. I hope he wants to do it. And I hope it's not, um, you know, a syndication house pushing him with a, with a big 
check type of thing. But knowing him and uh, knowing his work, I, I, I would feel that this is his move to do. And, and uh, I think all of us in the cartooning realm and beyond readers and, and everything is just stoked to see some new content from him because he was just uh, such an obtuse genius. And uh, I'm ready. Yeah, it is. I, I hadn't, you know, thought about it in quite some time. And then I, I had seen that and I read about it. I'm like, man, almost like a natural. It seems like a I hope it comes about, but it seemed like a natural development. Like this is somebody we need. This <laughs> this is somebody's work we need now. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I definitely hope we uh, get to see it. So um, what uh, what other forms of uh, art do you, uh, you know, do you do you dabble in or, or in, in enjoy? Like what's what what do you interest when it comes to art forms? Um, so I love comics and I create three comics. So we're talking about sketchy people and we'll stay on topic and on target with that. But I also do a, a single panel gag comic called Minus Tide. I do a, a, a daily strip style comic called Gulls. It's about seagulls. And uh, you can see all of my samples over at my website, which is uh, kentcomics.com. And that's C-O-M-I-C-S, Kent Comics. And uh, I love drawing various comics. Um, and I also love music. I'm a musician at heart. Um, I spent a good 15 years of my life trying to be a rock star. And uh, I you know, play guitar every day and, and love creating music. So that's kind of my, my world of creation. Yeah, and uh, yeah, thanks for mes- mentioning the, uh, the, other, the other work that you do. I think I'm always... Uh, I always want to inquire about, you know, when I see artists, part of the thing is, and I think this part of our system is like, we end up kind of pigeonholing, right. And, and saying, well, this is, this is what they do and this is the extent of them. And it can be very frustrating because, um, you know, you, you, you do other things and you have done other things and that kind of, um, you know, artistic mindset. I've, I always find it very fascinating, what um artists do and have done or even be you know moving into and um the uh, other the single are both the other ones you mentioned are those both single pan- panel comics is that correct you said uh, minus tide is uh goals is uh can go up to about you know four or five panels it's kind of like more of your your garfield or your zits type of comic strip yeah yeah well that's great and thanks for mentioning those um have you ever asked yourself or you have an answer for why you create? Um, I create because I've got um, a motor inside of me that does not stop. And I create because I want to do it for myself first. And I also want to make people laugh. So that's why I want to create. I want to create a product that somebody could look at and uh, escape what they're doing for even if it's a split second, you know, that's, that's why I create. So I'm, I'm going to personally ask you about that. Like, um, as far as the process of where you continue to uh, continue to create, you have that motor. Um, you know, I felt throughout my life that I have that, that motor as well. One of the things I haven't known just because I haven't done a lot of art as far as like a way of breathing and processing uh, and this is just sheer curiosity on my part. If if you do that, um, you know, to kind of deal with that motor, the, what? How do you know when you? 
how do you know when you're done or like you've gotten to a point where you you need to as far as processing that stuff? That's a really good question. I think, you know, knowing the motor thing for me, the drive to do it is it's for me first. And I keep telling myself that. And uh, it's a nice spot to be in because as long as I'm having fun with it and as long as I like what I'm doing, I'll share it with people. And if it, people want to come along the ride with me, more the merrier. But even if it was just for me to do it, it's cathartic. And I, that's, you know, being satisfied in a cathartic execution of art is what I strive to do. And doing comics is nice because um, I get to, you know, write a simple gag, a silly joke. And if it hits well, it hits well. If it doesn't, no big deal. I got tomorrow to write a better one. So knowing that I can keep coming back to the plate and try to hit that home run. You know, I got unlimited at-bats in this game, and this game's got no timeline on it. So yeah. that, for me, is why I do it. No, I, I, I like that. Um, so as far as producing art, have you done that a lot? I mean, the, the process you described for sketchy people, um, you'd have a lot of time where you're doing it yourself and you're creating that. You mentioned you'd played music. And uh, did you do the music? Was it kind of like on your own? You play? Uh, did you play in a band? It was it was full bands, and I did. You know, it'd be like three bands at the same time. I've done, you know, that's that motor thing that I have, where I've done, you know, uh, a gig with one band at one venue, and then go across town and join my other band and do a gig over there. So it's it's just it never stops, and um, you know, it it wore me down in the sense that. Um, I love playing music in a band, and I did that for a long time. And I love the the collaboration with the bandmates, but um, there was just moments that I can see something where I'm like, that could be better. Uh, you know, we have there are certain lead singer things where I'm like, I can't do what you do better, but I could be a product better than what you're doing. And that was always and what I mean by that is like, you know, if I had a a, a lead singer that didn't have stage presence was always tough because I'm a performer at heart. I'm not the best singer, but I know I could perform really well. Sure. And that was always tough to see somebody who could sing way better than me, but their stage presence where it should be there wasn't. And that right. was always kind of a thing that nagged at me. So fast forward to me doing these comics and me doing a, uh, a simple musical project. And I'll get to that in a second. You know, I get to be the ultimate kind of director, producer of everything and, uh, you know, move things more forward of how I see them. And the reason why I, I pause on the musical thing is that I still do a band, but the goals comic that I do is a mix where there's three goals in the comic strip and they're in a band and they want to be flock stars. And in real life, <laughs> I right. can put my band together and actually record music. We have two, two LPs out, colored vinyl and everything, where the music now actually exists. So it's a whole musical comic crossover, but we're not here for that. That's kentcomics.com, goalscomic.com. You could see all of my seagull wackiness, but back to sketchy people, you know, it's, it's the motor. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, um, no, I, I love hearing about, the, um, uh, the music, um, the music as well. I've had some musical guests. I, I, um, I love listening uh, to music. I was just curious, what what style of music uh, have you predominantly played? 
Um, more on the heavy metal side and hard rock side. Um, I'm a, I always tout that I was maybe born 15 years too late um, because all of my favorite musicians and, and bands are all, you know, their heyday was totally done by the time I was, you know, of age and listening to what they were doing. But uh, I love the 80s heavy metal scene. That's, that's my go-to. It's one, the one I know the most. Um, I love, you know, the generic answer of I like everything. You know, it's true, but if you were to go, what do you know most about? What could you play the best? And what did you play the best? It would be 80s heavy metal. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm a big metal a big metal fan, and I love the kind of the giants that kind of came out of that era, you know, the heavy metal and speed metal, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, Megadeth and uh, Metallica and, and, and Slayer and, and all the other, but even more popular um, uh you know, metal bands. It was definitely a great, a great era. And, uh, yeah, I, I like that. Um, yeah. Now, uh, you spend a lot of time, uh, you know, um, you know, working on art projects and, um, producing things. Um, one of the questions that I'm always asking guests is what exactly is, is art? Um, do you have a working definition or an idea? You know, I think I had to go with the, the old standby of, you know, it's, it's the eye of the beholder. And, um, you know, somebody will call, you know, something art and somebody will call that trash. And, you know, you call one thing purple, they call it blue. It's all the eye of the beholder. And, you know, I can't really put a definition on it. It's a moving definition that uh, it, it changes. It's, it's like, um, you know, it's like water it will take the shape of whatever vessel you put it in. And that's really the, really the only description I could put with what is art because it's, it's so subjective. Right. And, um, yeah, I mean, there's plenty of, of theories when people talk about art, um, that really rely heavily upon the, the subject, you know, subjective nature of it. And, you know, even the idea that they can be incredible pieces of art that are considered high art, you know, in one decade in the mere, you know, eight to 10 years later, um, are, you know, are viewed to be kitsch and, you know, it's, 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 it's really outside the object itself. Um, I think when I was studying uh, philosophy of art formally uh, in a class, we had um, Saturday Night Fever, which at the time was meant to be kind of like this big kind of like quasi tragic, you know, drama that's based around, you know, the disco. And, you know, once disco faded, you know, the text that was left was kind of like, oh, it's Saturday Night Fever. (laughs) Right. So uh, how times can change like that. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we're looking at a, you know, a banana duct tape to a wall and, uh, you know, that's, that's the thing. It's like, yeah, that's art. Sure. Why not? Why can't it be? And then, you know, years later it'll, it'll be viewed totally different. And that's that kind of water in a vessel thing that I'm talking about is like, you know, give it time and it's going to be looked at totally differently. The other big question, um, that I ask is, um, why is there something rather than nothing? Um, I would say, I mean, yeah, that's, that is a big, those are, that's not a big question. That's a heavy question, man. I'm like, I'm, I got to lift with my knees on this one. Uh, you know, don't want to slip a disc in my back. Uh, (laughs) You know, why is there something rather than nothing? And that God, you can, 
you know, you're, you're, we're creaking open the the Pandora's box of meaning of life on some of this stuff. And uh, my my best answer for something rather than nothing, and that a broad stroke is it's all about stream of consciousness. It's that weird uh, ego thing of you know uh, you know does a tree doesn't make a sound if you're not around type of thing. You know it's like as long as you you are perceiving it, then it does exist. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's that it's that weird Mobius strip of god it's snake eating its tail type of stuff um i couldn't get more concise than that so I, I gotta leave it at that um no I, that's, I, may, that's, I, I may have may have may have slipped a dish trying to answer that one no so it's it's i'm on my back now it's it's good it's a fun one to 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 knock around and one of the actually just this past week i was thinking about um you know the question itself i mean there's really uh, well i guess yeah religious tradition within the buddhist or like philosophical traditions you know that would even reject the question or would just quite simply say there isn't something to begin with it's all nothing in that you know so like the answers themselves i mean i started to think of a couple answers that would like um uh dissolve dissolve the question you know but um you know, I think it, it just as seeing as far as I, I like to hear when you mention about, you know, the motor in your mind and how that you are connecting to, you know, the artistic process. I mean, one of the ways that I've seen it in that I personally heard in what you were saying and is that, you know, the thought is viewed in like just concept and just being out there. And then we produce things, you know, then thoughts become something or what we see, um, become an object or become art. And that's really the link that I'm always trying to, um, explore, you know, that process of like, there wasn't anything. And now there's a painting in front of me or there's this, you know, um, uh, you know, the sketch that, that you would do that depict a particular time and, uh, place. And it's, Mm -hmm something worthy of attention you know as a piece yep. piece that's worthy of um worthy of attention so um we um I, I i put this podcast out about uh once a week and in just some of the more recent episodes i've been asking guests if if they could think of somebody they'd like to hear answer you know these questions or these type of questions somebody you're interested in as an artist or a creator um do you have somebody in mind um, that's a good question. I mean, are you talking like large stage? Or are you talking like local? Scene? Anybody, uh, anybody. Um, I, you know, I love, uh, you know, I like hearing, um, from the local scene, um, because that's, to me, that's the most, uh, grounded, uh, group of people. Um, I feel that that's the ones you know, we're the people that are out there doing it. Um, so let me get to your question to make a long story boring. Um, <laughs> I think, you know, there's, there's so many artists out there. I mean, you know, in the Portland scene, you know, I think, you know, there's, there's street art people that are, are doing great things. You know, you know, you've probably seen the RX skulls out there. There's Shannon Wheeler. Who's yeah. semi, you know, he's, he's pretty big. Um, but he's also got that kind of foot in the, um, in the, in kind of the, the grounded level as well as, uh, some good success. So he's kind of a good bridge. Um, I like a lot of, a lot of my friends that are, are working out there and busting their butt. Um, you know, uh, there's just a, you know, a lot of people doing, doing what they do. Um, 
I hate to be vague about that, but I think, you know, just uh, getting out there. I mean, for me, a local idol that I, that I follow and have followed for a long time is Shannon Wheeler. And I'd probably say that'd be my answer. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. And, you know, even with um, these questions in, for me, there's always a piece where it's like I'm really interested just to listen in and to learn. And part of it, just when you're answering that question right there, um, I've had a couple people mention to me and say, you know, one of the things you need to do is kind of when whenever whenever you can, but kind of like a little bit more exploratory, a little bit more towards the street, a little bit more towards, uh, you know, local or somebody who might not view themselves as an artist or something that they're doing at that time as being artistic, but you see it that way and to, and to delve into that. And your answer helps really just kind of prompt in that in, in, in my head, because in doing this show, the, the questions are the questions. Like I don't have any other, like there's no aim, like not in a bad way, but there's no aim or angle it's it's really um exploratory and uh just you mentioning uh just grappling with that question i started to think yeah what about somebody you know somebody who's there just not expecting to be like hey i'd like to ask you this question be interested in being on a podcast and um so i i um you know i really appreciate your answer too and um i'm gonna look up some more of uh uh, Shannon, I had seen some things and heard the name, um, but I'm definitely going to look more. In, uh... Yeah, he was at the show that we met at. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, he was there. He does um, Too Much Coffee Man. Oh, yes. Um, yes. Yes. And uh, he reminds me of one of one of my, you know, one of my, I like his work a lot because it, it reminds me of comics of yore and uh, just that old school style of just amazing, you know, pen cross-hatching amazing use of blacks amazing just cartooning style and a kind of weird humor and uh, i've just i've liked him a long time yeah and and thanks for that um jack uh you you'd mentioned your website um and uh, i just wanted to kind of give you the opportunity to let listeners know you know what you know how to come in contact with you or what way to come in contact with you and in, in the work that you're doing uh, the website's one, but this 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 is for you. I just wonder if you want to say anything directly to the listeners as far as, you know, projects you're working on, ideas, or, you know, ways to come in contact with uh, what you're up to. Sure. Yeah, I think the best way to get a hold of me and to stay up to date with all of my tunings is uh, Instagram is the, is the number one best way. I'm on there all the time posting new things. So um, you can find sketchy people. Uh, via Sketchy People PDX. You can find my goals. The seagulls are on Goals comic strip. And then lastly, you got Minus Tide at a Minus Tide comic. And then um, to get the whole swath of all of my art, uh, kentcomics.com. And kentcomics.com also has the, the store where I hold everything. So if you, know, you want to order Minus Tide, Goals, Sketchy People, vinyl albums you can do it all right there at kencomics.com backslash shop yeah uh thanks brother i mean i really look forward to to dig into some more of your material one thing i wanted to mention too is um one of the guests i've had on the show joanna valente who's a poet and she does drawings and such but when i was interviewing with her she was talking about her um killer bob poem collection and that's actually going to be coming out next year so 
the basis of all the poems in the collection um, are about uh, Killer Bob from uh, Twin Peaks. So, oh, awesome! <laughs> something to keep on <laughs> to keep on the radar. But um, uh, we've been talking to Jack Kent. Uh, it's been a pleasure to to talk to you. I appreciate your humor, your insights. Um, I've learned a ton. Uh, just chatting with you here and um, you know I, I really want to thank you for your time and uh, your great observations and uh, thoughts and thanks for being on the podcast thanks Ken yeah love love being on love sharing and you know talking shop is talking shop and I, I could you know do it for hours we all could but uh, you know nobody wants to listen to us for hours so <laughs> thanks thanks everybody out there for listening if you've made it this far congratulations and uh, hopefully you find <laughs> find more fun stuff out there too so i appreciate the time man really do thanks so much jack and uh we'll talk to you soon again okay sounds good take care you are listening to something rather than nothing